Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we are gonna dive a little bit into how we measure our self-worth. So yeah, this one's gonna go a little deeper emotionally, so if you are not into that, this might not be your episode. Uh, But I hope you'll stay because I think it's something that's you know, really important to us to figure out. And the reason how we measure our self-worth is important is because it can get in the way of our mindset and of our performance. So what the heck am I talking about? So self-worth would be like, you know, how you see yourself, how you value yourself. For example, for a long time, like pretty much my 30s, (laughs) I really tied my self-worth to my career right? I worked all the time. I really liked it. I loved what I was doing at the time. And I was very into just my job and my career and like next steps and the ladder and like doing this, then getting that and da 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 and like going up the ladder and da 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 And my, who I was or how I assessed my success, self-worth, my value in the world, all of that was very much based in my career success. If I was being successful at work, there you go, I was like successful in life, right? And of course, it's very easy to fall into those traps because, you know, the world measures what they can see, okay? So it's no fault of our own. I mean, I think it's just sort of common and everybody measures what it is that they can see, you know? And like, are you, quote, successful? Well, what is success? And usually it's a, a thing, a trapping, a tangible thing that you can show for it, a job title, um, a big house, a car, um, you know, a fancy van or whatever. And it's tangible because it's really hard to show society that you are just a really great person or you are really kind or loving or compassionate with your dogs or, you know, are a really good friend or are always there for people who need you and those kinds of things. And quite frankly, the latter list is more important than being a human, right? To be kind, to, you know, be good to others, to be a good competitor, like whatever that is. But what happens is, is it's hard for the world to see that and value it and hold it as tangible. Okay. So then we get to Facebook (laughs) and our value becomes, what is our latest post on Facebook? You know, what is my life? Am I doing great things? Am I doing terrible things? You know, is, is, is the sky falling on me or is the sun shining on me? Right? Like what is happening? And then that becomes the value and how other people see us. And then therefore how we begin to value ourselves. And it becomes very dangerous for, I mean, a million reasons and, you know, maybe a million more that only a therapist can help us all with. Um, But the reason it gets in the way of the mindset is that when you go then to a trial and you are gauging your personal self-worth by how many green ribbons you take home that weekend, 
Oof. Not only is that very heavy, potentially, if you had a bad weekend, that is, um, but it also is very damaging to your confidence, to your dog, potentially to the, your relationship with your dog, right? If you're always disappointed, if you're always like slumped shoulders and like, woe is me, or like, I can't do anything right, or I can't handle this course, or why does this always happen, or it's always just one thing, like all of these things that we play in our head become mantras that we believe, that we start to believe, right? A belief is just a thought you keep having. So if you have those thoughts over and over again, they're going to become beliefs. And pretty soon they're going to become limiting beliefs that keep you from performing at your best, that keep you from building confidence, maybe keep you from, you know, improving a relationship with a tough dog or something. Like it really can get in there, like just kind of earwormed in there uh, to the point that like, you know, self-talk, relationships, performance, all of that goes snowballing down the hill. Not good. <laughs> Not good. Not anything anybody would want. Um, but I think that sometimes we stop short of investigating where those icky feelings are coming from. Okay. I think we can all remember a time that we drove back from a trial, you know, home on Sunday night, and we were just like bummed out and couldn't get home fast enough and, you know, contemplated contemplated even entering the next trial, you know, why am I even doing this? Like the woe is me, the whole shebang, right? We've raised your hand, right? We've all had those moments. And um, what happens is, is in those moments, we're allowing a bad or a couple bad runs, you know, um, and we can discuss like what is bad, right? Because you know, I don't really believe in bad runs necessarily. I mean, I do and I don't. We'll go there. Anyway, but we start to believe that like, therefore, I am my result, right? I am my Q result or NQ result as the case may be that weekend. And that is not true. And we need to decouple that because a lot of things are going on in that moment. So let's address the bad run thing. So, you know, any run that doesn't work out the way you expected it to, to me is, of course, an opportunity for feedback and for learning. And I get, after you string a bunch of like feedback and learning runs together, okay, it can be very disheartening, okay? I have, as I sit here right now recording this, it's been a year since Moxie has cued in an agility ring, okay? A year. That's tough. Okay. And, and I am first, you know, absolutely struggling, absolutely working on things, absolutely, you know, trying to a bunch of different things to fix that. But what I am not doing is attaching that to my self-worth. I am not attaching that stat, right? Because it's just a stat, like a think of it like a baseball stat, right? Um, that, that stat, statistic, uh, yeah, hard, easy for me to say, that statistic does not define who I am, not as a person, not as a handler, not even as an agility handler, okay? It is separate from myself. And so what is dangerous is when we do couple those things together and we start to let that self-talk run down the hill in just a bad sort of way, because that doesn't help us get out, right? So let's continue. If I really believed that, you know, Moxie's statistics of not having queued it in a year was a reflection of my handling 
and then was a reflection of me as a human, I would probably give up, right? Or I would probably not want to try, or I would really let that self-talk run, that, that really negative channel just run rampant in my brain. But instead, I know that Nope, I just it's a statistic. It is not my handling. I am not a terrible handler. I am not a terrible person. I do not somehow deserve this karma from some reason. And so by making sure that I decouple that, then I know that I can work on it, right? With a growth mindset, I know that with, you know, resources, effort, time, patience, more classes, different seminars, or just more times just walking to the line that I can improve our performance, right? I can improve on process goals, even on outcome goals, I can improve. And this is part of the reason I talk a lot about, you know, using your strengths to improve on your weaknesses, right? Building on strengths. Because by focusing on your weaknesses, you can see that would lead potentially to kind of a dark place and really be disheartening. Um, So we want to make sure that we are not letting that creep into our self-worth. And the other side of it is if you come from the self-worth side, so we just came from the sort of the results side, if you come from the self-worth side, we want to make sure too that we take a minute to really know who we are. You know, and if that is having a vision for ourselves or having some like personal like values, like brainstorming, like what are your, what are your values? What are the things that are really important to you? Um, you know, I once brainstormed a list that was like, you know, it's really important for me. I like, I love being generous. I love being, you know, out in nature or, you know, um, you know, different things like that. Like, what are the things that I value? I value sense of humor, right? It's really important. My friends common you know, theme is they have a sense of humor, you know. Um, What do you value in the world? What do you hold dear? What are you willing to fight for? Those are the things that define who you are. And then even further, who you are as a dog mom or dad or dog handler. And how do you want to be seen as that? Are you a generous person with your time and with your knowledge? You know, do you share what you know with, you know, new people coming up? Are you someone who wants to be just a really good student in that you're always like curious and open and taking things in and just, you know, have that desire to get better and to lift others up? Do you want to be like the kind person at the trial who's always helpful, um, whether you're volunteering or just being nice, you know, just being nice. We need more nice people at trials. Um, And so I think those are the ways that we remind ourselves that we are a human being first with all the good and all the flaws and everything in between. And we have value that we bring to the world that is not a statistic, right? And in some ways, you know, Facebook is a statistic keeper, right? Because every Monday morning, everybody's got their brags and the things they did. And if you didn't have a good weekend, you're like, oh, what was me? I have nothing to post. Well, maybe you do. Or maybe you don't, but whatever you believe, you're right, <laughs> right? It's that's sort of Thomas Edison, like if you, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Um, and so what is it about your weekend that was wonderful, even if you don't come home with a bunch of green ribbons on your dashboard? 
Okay, so I want to make sure that we keep them decoupled. Um, because the other thing is, is we have to remember what our why is. And when we start to say that, in essence, I am my curate, okay, or I am my results in the ring, then we start to forget why we even stepped in the ring in the first place, why we even compete with our dogs or have dogs or work with dogs or take lessons or whatever. And so we, we kind of cut that out. By saying I equal Q rate, we're forgetting why. Because the why is always going to ground us and always bring us back to why did you get into dogs in the first place? Why did you decide to take that first dog that got you sort of, quote, addicted, if you will, to um, a class or a trial? Like, what made you do that? Go back to that moment, you know? And, you know, for me, I always, my whole life, was competing with animals, was horses as a kid, dogs now. And I do love the competition because I like putting, I like the concept and I enjoy putting my skills to the test. And in a pairing with an animal, it's putting our skills, our relationship, our learning, you know, what we've done to the test and being able to, and what's nice is in a lot of venues, you are competing just with yourself and you, no one else has to lose in order for you to win. There's plenty of green ribbons for everybody. So I think that that's important. And on the worst days, right, on the, on the most bummer days, you know, you go home from a three-day weekend with nothing to, quote, show for it or put on your dashboard or post on Facebook, what is the why and did you still have a great weekend? It wasn't that long ago. I had a super great agility weekend and statistically speaking, it was terrible, right? If you had my score sheets all lined up, um, you had all the letters of the alphabet you know, represented and it was terrible, okay? But I had a phenomenal weekend, all right? There was moments of brilliance. There was areas of growth. There was progress that I could see. I got to see friends, even stay with friends, you know, do different, you know, and it was just a great weekend. Um, and so perspective, knowing your why, realizing that you are not your outcome. All right. It still drives us. Okay. We're still driven people. The only reason you're listening to this, this podcast is to get better at your mindset and to really understand how to like break through your performance on a completely different level. And I promise you that those elite athletes, um, are really understand the difference in like drilling down into their performance and working on their performance, but then also stepping back and understanding that, you know, they might be part of a family, you know, a mom, a dad or something, or, you know, they have other things in their lives. Now, before you argue, yes, elite athletes, especially after like Olympic level competitions or something, they wonder like what's next Okay, because they had this piece of their life, it was very consuming in terms of like time and attention. Um, and they often look for other things that give them an adrenaline rush or, you know, some sort of challenge that is similar to what they had when they were at that level. But they do know that they are not their last event because it's so much work. And to get to that level, it's also so much failing right? You fail a lot to get there. Overnight successes are like, 
10, 20, 30 years in the making, right? So we want to make sure that we don't lose sight of that and we kind of hold things in a perspective. Because yeah, like I said, like when we started out, like otherwise it gets super depressing if you are your last Facebook post or your last, um, you know, your last cue, your last win, your last performance, all right? So we have to be able to take a, it's almost like taking a step back and looking at it at the bigger picture level and looking um, at like all of the pieces and parts, right? Your relationship with your dog is much more than the last time that you were in the ring, for instance, right? Your, how far you've come, you know, really can only be seen in the rearview mirror. And I talked about this on a recent podcast, right? Like measuring backwards, right? Looking at how far you've come. So when you're in those moments where you're bummed out, you know, do some of that. Measure how far you've come, you know, look again at your why and why you do this. Um, you know, realize that you're, you're, you have your dogs for, you know, companionship and to keep the bed warm in the winter as much as anything. And, um, and that it's much more than just that last agility run or that last obedience run or, or your last confirmation outing. Um, you know, confirmation is definitely an area that can challenge your stamina sometimes, um, because it can be subjective and you're not always even in control of the outcome. So I want to make sure that we are not equaling our self-worth to our Q level, our Q rate, our statistics. All right. And I want to make sure that everybody's stepping back, taking a look at the why. And even as you go into your next weekend, like what do you want to get out of your weekend that has nothing to do with the cues? that maybe even has nothing to do with running dogs. You know, maybe it's you want to reconnect with friends, right? I am going to a trial in a couple weeks, and the thing I'm most excited about is staying at this particular friend's house. (laughs) It's like the biggest part of it. It's a fun trial. It's a trial that they often have like barbecues or da-da-da-da. Like I'm actually looking forward to the trial environment, and it isn't something that I used to be able to easily notice, right? It was there, but it wasn't top. And so part of what that does is it relieves the pressure from my dogs, okay? Because sometimes some of our ring nerves are really caused by the pressure that we've put on ourselves because of the outcome that we want, because at the end of the day, we are our outcome. Well, if we're not our outcome, if we are more than that, if we're a person, we're a friend, we're a family member, what have you, then the outcome is put in a better perspective, right? It is, we want it, we're working toward it, we're working on it, but the pressure isn't the same. Because if I, if I, for instance, if I go to an event and I'm like, all of my self-worth is wrapped up in this one run, how much pressure is that on me and my dogs? Because it all runs down the leash, right? We know that. So how much pressure is that in that moment? Well, the answer is too much, <laughs> right? It's too much pressure. I don't know if it's a one to 10 kind of thing, but it's too much. Whether you, rather, if you walk into the ring and you, you know, you know who you are, you know who your relationship with your dogs, you know, you've got that squared away, that feels good. And you walk into the ring being like, okay, let's go do this, this, this obedience run, this agility run, this water run, whatever. And let's go do this and let's go see, let's go put our skills to the test 
and we feel prepared and let's go see how we do it. Maybe there's some process goals in there, some things you want to make sure that you hit. Um, but how does that feel, right? Different. Well, that's that level of pressure is completely different, which means the level of performance anxiety is also completely different. Okay. So your performance anxiety, you know, where it comes from, think of it, it's like a tree with a whole bunch of deep roots. And, you know, like, or maybe it's a weed, <laughs> a really, a pretty weed, like a Queen Anne's lace weed. But if you just cut it off, the, the roots are still there, right, is my point. And you have to really get to the root. And sometimes the root is in self-worth, right, or where you're getting your self-worth. Sometimes it's pressure coming from external sources. Sometimes it's pressure from coming from other places or expectations or, you know, outcome goals or what have you, right? So we have to continue to look deeper. And I am proposing here that one of the places to look is at your self-worth and how you value yourself in kind of this environment, right? you know, ask yourself, do you feel like your self-worth is tied up in your, in your cues, in your statistics? Or can you truly separate yourself and say, no, win or lose this weekend, I'll be good. Win or lose this weekend, I go home with my best dog, or I go home to my great family, or I go back to a great job, or I'm a great instructor, or I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm going to go for a hike on Tuesday, whatever. Okay, so I really want you to think about that. And if, you know, and if dogs are your life, which is amazing, um, you still have other pieces of you that are there, right? Just because dogs are your life doesn't mean that the statistics are your value. How's that for a like deep thought today. So I just want you to keep that in mind this weekend and really think about that, especially you'll notice it. I guess this is how you'll notice it. You'll notice it, it'll pop up on you when you kind of go go after like a, a not as successful run. And what is your self-talk? Where do you go in your head after you don't cue, right? What happens in your brain? You know, what happens with that self-talk or that committee around your head? You know, what voice do you hear? And that will tell you a lot of then kind of where to look for that because we can only get better from a place of strength and we can only, you know, improve our confidence, reduce our performance anxiety if we're doing that from a place of positivity and belief and knowledge really that we can get, imp- we can get improvement over, you know, with experience and time and resources, et cetera. Okay, so that's your assignment this weekend. Take a look at how you are valuing yourself and how you can decouple that, if it's not already, from your cue rate. Now that said, whatever you're off doing this weekend, I wish you nothing but success and happiness, but I also hope you have a little bit of fun along the way and just sort of enjoy the ride and take it all in and realize what a privilege it is to be doing this with our dogs in the first place, okay? So whatever you're up to, I hope you have a great week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. 
I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.